going to go down. Oh, man, I love kids. Aren't they great? Christmas just wouldn't be the same without the kiddos. Well, thank you again for being here. Appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, spend your Sunday with us. Um, if you are a first-time guest, thank you. Thank you for uh, coming out. You may have noticed on your way in we have a table there with a bag. That is a gift for you from us to say thank you for being here. Please grab uh, one of those bags and enjoy um, your little present. Merry Christmas. Um, okay, uh, if you have tithes or offerings, please, uh, you can give there in the, the back at the kiosk or you can give online at lifechurchutah.com. Thank you again for continuing to be faithful in giving. Um, I know God is going to bless you in return and take care of you. And then um, something that has come up, uh, I'll get random text messages every now and then asking for prayer. So we are in the process of putting together an official prayer chain. First um, Thessalonians tells us to pray without ceasing. So if you are interested in being involved in the prayer chain, uh, you can come see me afterwards if you are interested in taking the helm and letting everybody know that, uh, that like you'd be the main contact person. And then from there, you would spread it out to our uh, prayer chain. Um, come and see me. It's, it's, a, it's a, a powerful ministry. Uh, there's been uh, several times where we have prayed as a body. Uh, when I would get the message, I would cascade it out to a few of our leaders here, and we would pray. And we have seen God do some great things. He's done some miracles. So if you want to be a part of that, I encourage you, uh, come see me, and uh, we'll start getting that set up. Uh, I also want to invite you to our Christmas Eve service. It's uh, Thursday on Christmas Eve uh, at 6.30. We're uh, going to do about an hour service. We're going to do um, some songs and uh, a little message. It won't be very long, but we're going to do communion and then a candlelight at the end. And uh, it, it really is a special service. It, there's something different about a, a Christmas Eve service. So I encourage you, be here if you can. Uh, you won't regret it. And then without further ado, the ugly sweater contest. Yay! For those of you that wore ugly sweaters, who I see a few out there. We got Ray and Connie in the back. We got Adam. We got Peace. We got Annie. So we made it an official contest, and I have a $5 gift card to Swigs. If you've ever been to Swigs, it's dirty soda, which is basically a soda pop with a different syrup shots in it. It's kind of, I think it's gross, but um, I'm a purist. I work for Pepsi, so it's just the, just the, the normal. Uh, but anyway, they also have cookies and different pastries and stuff. So we're going to go with the ugliest for the first. I have two. The second one will be for the most creative. So, out of the ugliest, I don't, like, I like your jersey. That's not ugly. That's the University of Utah. That's fantastic. Connie, do you have a, is that a unicorn? That's, that's kind of ugly. 
Uh, I would have to say we're going to vote between, uh, let's, should we say Peace and Connie? Peace has got the cats. It's not ugly. It's cute. <laughs> it's the, okay, she doesn't want to be in it. Uh, so I'm going to give it to, to Connie back there. So I'll come, I'll give this to you after service. All right, and then for the most unique or most creative, this is hard because. And I think the best way I can do that is to have some, some of you guys help me share the story of Christmas. So who'd like to go first? Who, who wants to tell me a little bit about the Christmas story? So... Mary sits on a donkey with a camel and Joseph looks for an inn for them to stay in so Jesus can be born. There, they went to many inns and there, they said that
time. The angel appeared to the shepherds out in the field. All the angels appeared, so they are scared. The angels that told them that a new baby was born. And they are singing. So if you were there and you were one of the wise men or wise girls, what would be a gift that you would give to Jesus? I would give Jesus, Jesus um, animals. I'd give him silver. I would give him gold. <laughs> I guess he gets more gold. <laughs> I would probably give him gold. gold. I would give him a toy angel. I would give him a necklace. So those are some incredible gifts from a, from a necklace to toys to animals. But I really think the most important thing is at Christmas time is that we give all of ourselves. Kids, thank you so much for everything that you have done. Thanks for helping me tell the story. And uh, we're super proud of you. Have a great Christmas. Isn't that fun? It reminds me of uh, kids say the darndest things. To hear the story through the mouth of kids is fun. Um, that kind of leads us in. We've been in this series talking about um, God with us. Really? Is God really with us? And a couple of weeks ago, we looked at uh, the beginning of the story where the uh, angel Gabriel came to Mary. And she, he approached her and said, God has found you highly favored. And he wants to use you to do something incredible. And she was afraid at first, like the kids said, but he uh, reassured her, don't be afraid. God is with you. And then, then she asked, you know, how am I going to have a kid? I've never been with a, a man before. And he said, the, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you, overshadow you. And the one that you will carry will be called blessed. He'll be holy. He will be the son of God. And she did say that uh, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to, done to me as you have said. And we looked at this idea that when we partner with God, he uses us in the impossible that God wants to use us to do the impossible. And then last week, Pastor Rich uh, led us uh, through the truth that uh, when God says Emmanuel, God with us, it's not this distant with us. It's not that he's removed, 
but it's actually a personal walk. It's personal. He's with you every step of the way that when we ask Jesus into our lives, Jesus is personally with you. Now, I keep all of my messages on the cloud or on an iPad, and uh, I, I go back and I reread them, reference them. And when I first started writing messages, I would do bullet points. And I, I thought maybe it might be kind of cool one day if my kids get older, they're like, I wonder what dad preached in 2020. I started typing out my thoughts so it wouldn't be a bullet point, And they were like, where's dad going to go with that one? And so now I, I type it all out so that, that it's there, that they could read it one day. And I was reading one of my messages um, from last year. And there's a story I want to tell you because I find it a little applicable. And um, so it was December before Christmas, and it had snowed overnight. And when it comes to snow, I am a stickler. Um, I'm kind of a stickler about a, a lot of things. I have some character traits that people might find tiresome, annoying, bothersome, or just plain stupid. Um, as my wife and Adam can attest, I, I, these are they're kind of weird. Maybe you'll agree with me. I'm gonna we're gonna take a, a vote. So I have a thing with boxes. If I Adam laughs. If I buy uh, and if I bought an, an iPhone, I keep the box. If I if I buy a new Blu-ray, I keep the box. If I buy a new tool, I keep the box. Why? Number one, it's great for storage. It keeps it safe. And uh, it, it keeps it nice and clean, and it's, it's put away. Uh, it helps with resale. Um, I have sold things, and people like boxes when you resell stuff. To me, I look for the, whoever has the box. It's like, hey, they really cared. They kept the box. So it helps with resale. It takes up a lot of space, and it drives Allison absolutely nuts. Uh, my house might be a fire hazard because... <laughs> They're, they're empty. That's the thing that's stupid is the stuff's out and they're empty and I'm holding, it's, yeah, okay. It's dumb. Um, <laughs> another thing in my closet is another thing. So um, when I hang my clothes up, there is a specific order and it has to stay the same. Allison will put stuff away to, and it just to bother me. So starting on the left, it's ties and belts and then it's long sleeve button up dress shirts. Then it's long sleeve button up casual shirts. And then it's short sleeve button-up shirts, polos, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, and then my trusty, faithful fleece sweaters. I'm sure you've seen me wear them. They don't owe me a thing. I've been rocking those things since 1999. And I will continue to wear them until I'm either too fat or I get a hole in them. So I'm glad Allison's not up here. I just gave the criteria. And uh, I find a hole in it the next time I go to wear them. So anyway, when it comes to snow, I'm the same way. If it snows, the driveway gets cleaned. And it is not just like in the middle. It's from end to end. Sidewalk is grass to grass. It gets uh, the ice melt thrown on it so that when the sun comes out, it's dry. I even go so far as to shovel into the street so I'm not driving through ice and snow and all that stuff. So all of that to say, this December morning, I shoveled the snow. And uh, I get done, and I walk in the house, and the kids are eating breakfast, and Allison's there. And I don't know what they were talking about uh, before, but I come in, and Harrison says, Daddy, why did God make humans? And it's like, wow, um, 
hearing this one little question is one of the deepest, most philosophical, theological questions. And I'm racking my brain like, how do I make this make sense for a four-year-old? And so I ponder and I think, I'm like, okay, son, God desired fellowship and relationship with a part of his creation that could willingly choose to love him back. And he wanted to reveal or make himself known and show how much love he has to give. And I'm like, that sounds a pretty good answer. And then Ava chimes in. Then Adam and Eve ate the fruit and sinned and got kicked out of the garden. <laughs> but then Jesus died for our sins. There, my friends, in this one little story with kids is, is the whole thing. God wanted us, we messed up, and God fixed it. God wanted us, we messed up, and he fixed it. So today I would like to read more of the Christmas story to you and show you just how amazing God's grace and love really are. We find the story in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And it's a fair amount of text, so bear with me as we read it. It says in verse 1, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and, played, and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for the story of Christmas. I thank you that we have an opportunity to look into your word and read the events and see what happens and pull from, pull from the story, the principles and the meaning of it. So I pray this morning that you would speak to us, that you would open our ears to hear and our minds to understand what you are saying. We bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I was putting this together, I was trying to come up with a thought, and the thought was this. Only God's love could imagine our salvation. Only God's love could imagine our salvation. Only God could put together so intricate a plan 
for us to find freedom. Now, when we hear the word salvation, many things can come to mind. If you have a background in Christianity, it might be something that refers to God and what he has done through Jesus. But if you don't have a background in church, maybe salvation means something different. Maybe it's military. You were uh, served in a tour, and, and you freed a people from oppression, or, or you uh, are involved in the uh, uh, sex slave uh, and, and freeing the kids and helping the kids get out of that, that lifestyle. That's a form of salvation, or, or being pardoned of a crime. You did something, but you didn't have to pay the penalty. That might be a form of salvation, or maybe someone's saving your life. Or you saved someone's life. You were in the right place at the right time, and you helped that person. Well, salvation, defined by the dictionary, is preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. And today I want to look at how this word, how this definition, ties into the story of Jesus. But before we move on, i got to get something off my chest. There was a time when Christmas was just a little bit more. It meant something more. I'll let Dr. Seuss explain. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? I would argue that Jesus is the little bit more. I would say, we've all heard the saying, he is the reason for the season. But when we say he is the reason for the season, do we understand what we are saying? Are we understanding the magnificence behind the story, behind the miracles, behind what took place. I mean, we've got angels talking to people, Holy Spirit impregnating Mary so that she'd have baby Jesus. We have angels singing up in the sky. We have angels appearing to shepherds. All of this is miraculous. And this is something that started way back when Adam and Eve made the, the, the choice to eat the fruit. God started working out the plan of salvation. So my hope is that the significance of this story isn't lost on us. That it's not just another day, just another holiday. Now this, those 20 verses I read you, there's so much in there. And for the sake of time, we cannot dive into everything. So I want to look at verses 9 through 11 and focus on those. And it says this, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, can you imagine you're a shepherd, and you are in the middle of nowhere. It's nighttime. I kind of picture the guys are sitting around the campfire, telling stories. Did you see that sheep run off that way? I mean, come on. You know, I swear I saw a wolf over there. It's, it, the struggle's real, man. I get it. And then out of nowhere, bam, there is an angel. And he's like, whoa, you don't need to be afraid. It's all right. I got some good news. What is this good news? Well, there's a Savior that has been born. 
And it's not just for the Jewish people. It's not for the Gentiles. It's for everybody. This is a baby for all people. A Savior was born. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter if you have money, no money, if you're a shepherd out in the field or you're a king in a palace. This Savior is for you. What we see in this story is God's desire to have a special relationship with you and me. He's trying to get us to understand that he isn't distant, he's not absent, but rather he is personal. He's intimate, he's loving, he's caring. Here are the cold hard facts. We have all messed up, we have all gone astray. The Bible says we like sheep have all gone astray. We've gone our own way. We've made bad choices. But here's the thing. There was a system put in place for the forgiveness of sin and it wasn't satisfactory it was only temporary and we needed something that was permanent that lasted forever so what does god do he doesn't leave us where we're at he doesn't leave us cast aside no he puts together to usher in a plan to give forgiveness for not just today not for yesterday not today not tomorrow but for eternity it is paid for it is finished and through this one act of a baby being born in a manger, God comes to man. God comes to man. Here's the thing. We've read in John chapter 1. In the, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes on to explain how everything was made through the Word, referencing that Jesus is the Word. Jesus was there in the beginning. He made all things. All things were made through him and for him. But yet, this God allowed himself to be born and under the care of his own creation. The king of the universe allowed himself to be born and taken care of, reared by the very people he was coming to save. Think about that for a second. If that doesn't scream, I want you. I want a relationship with you. I want to be with you. I don't know what will. My friends, all in this one act, we see that God is offering a free gift. Here's the thing. We can't buy it. We can't pay for it. You can't earn it. It is a, a free gift. God is saying to us, here is my son. In him, salvation will rest. It will be a free gift. My mercy, my grace is enough to cover a multitude of mistakes. I want to walk with you. I want to be your God and you will be my people. You see, God knew the plan. The angels knew the plan. I would even say that the enemy knew the plan. Because whenever Jesus was doing something and there was a, a demon being cast out, they would say, you are, you are the son of God. And he would silence them. They knew that, that this day, this morning, this day that Jesus was born was different. That it was a day that God was declaring, I love you so much that I gave you my son. Not that I would condemn you, but that through him you would be saved. 
that through him we would be together. Because you see, when Adam and Eve made the mistake in the Garden of Eden, God was walking with them. He was with them. But because of that sin, they were, there was a separation. And God was working to bring that relationship back together. And that's what happened on that day, on that Christmas morning. Eventually, Mary and Joseph would know. The disciples would know. The religious and the political leaders would know. Mankind would know. You know, I came across this picture, and it was a picture of Mary holding baby Jesus, kissing his forehead. And then in the other picture was Mary holding adult Jesus after he had died for the sins of the world. And you see the, the markings on his body. While it's a hard picture to look at, the picture is incomplete. Because it didn't end on the day he died. Three days later, he rose again with victory over sin, hell, and the grave. And he offers this same victory to you and me. That he would be our savior, our king, our leader. There is a love that knows no ends. A love that transcends space and time. A love that has conquered death, sadness, anxiety, depression, hate, fear, alcoholism, pornography, substance and drug abuse, panic attacks, cancer, sickness, even COVID-19. He has victory over all of these things. And he offers this victory to us. You might say, well, why is all this stuff still here then? Because this is still a fallen world. And until Jesus returns, it will remain a fallen world. So we will continue to believe and speak over our lives health. We will speak over our lives that we are uh, of sound mind, body, and spirit. That we will live in the wholeness that God promises us through his word. But should one of those things take our life, it's not over. Because if God is with you here, you will be with him in heaven. He will take you with him. Heaven, a place where there is ultimate victory. A place where peace is perfect. Holiness is the standard. Love is overwhelming. There's a full awareness of who you are in Christ. You are the beloved of God. You are his child, his chosen. You are his son. You are his daughter. On that day, that Christmas morning, God was declaring something so profound, proving something so magnificent that we can't overlook it. While I love Christmas, I love the lights, I love the presents, I love the songs, I love eggnog, I love cookies and all of the things that come with Christmas. We can't lose sight of the magnificent thing that happened on that day. God declared to the world, I want you more than anything else in all of the universe. You're not coming to me. I'm coming to you. I'm seeking you. I'm coming to find you. What an amazing, amazing story of God's love for us. I'll say again, only God's love could imagine our salvation only God could put together a plan where there is something so great that we don't have to worry about earning it that's the thing that blows my mind you don't have to worry about getting yourself right 
You don't have to worry about getting all your junk together before you come to him. No, you come as you are. You say, God, here I am. I surrender myself. I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again, and I choose to make him my Savior. I'm going to partner with you so we can do the impossible, so that I can teach my friends and help my family, my coworkers come to know this same amazing grace, this same amazing love, this salvation that only God could craft, put together, and give to us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the miracle that is Christmas, for a love that is undeniable, that you would come to us and declare through the act of giving your son, I love you, I want you, I desire a relationship with you. I pray, Father, that those truths would sink in and make an impact on our spirit, on who we are. That as we go into celebrating Christmas, maybe it's a little more than our traditions. Maybe it's a little more than the packages and the bows and the lights. Help us to see this truth and thank you for it. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, I just want to ask a couple questions. Will you choose to receive this gift? Will you make Jesus your king, your leader? Will you allow God to be Emmanuel, God with you? If any of those apply to you, I would just ask that you would slip your hand up. I could pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, you see these hands, you know these hearts. And I pray that right now, as, as they are opening up themselves to you, that they would know and, and feel your presence come upon them, that they would know that you are with them, that they would know and experience this love of a God, of a Savior that chose them before the creation of the world. I pray right now that you would work in their heart and their spirit. Lord, as, as they make you the Lord and Savior of their life, I pray that you would be Emmanuel with them. As they partner with you, move them into the miraculous, into the impossible, that you get glory, that you get praise. We bless you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, before I let you go, I got a quick reflection and a challenge. This, it's this. Take time this week. And reflect on what God has given. Despite the pains you have gone through, can you see God in the midst of the trials of the hard times? The challenge is this. If you can, give him thanks and praise for being with you through them. If you can't, don't be discouraged. Invite him to join you in your journey and to show you where he is. Because remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God did not deliver them from the fire. He was with them in the fire and brought them out on the other side. He doesn't promise to keep us from the fire. He promises to walk with us through the fire. And where we see God in the midst of our trials will either build our faith or cause our faith to decrease. 
So church, if we can understand that God's desire to personally walk with us, to partner with us to do the impossible and share the good news of his salvation that he brings, God can't help but honor your faith to do amazing things in your life, in my life, and the lives of those around us in our community. I thank you for being here this morning. I love you guys. God bless. Don't forget about our Christmas Eve service at 6.30. I look forward to seeing you then. Have a great day.